Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. This is Mike. It is Wednesday, June fifth. Uh, we're getting we're getting into the summer, serious summer. It's ninety degrees in Atlanta, uh, and a little bit overcast, so hot and cloudy. No one cares about the weather. Um, I want to do a quick blurb for our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Clear Company. Clear Company is the world's fastest growing talent management platform, allowing companies to easily hire, retain, and engage A players. Visit clearcompany.com to sign up for a free demo. And and as always, thanks to to Clear Company for sponsoring the show. Um, We have have a guest today, another person that's uh, on the the seemingly endless uh, Sherm 18 blog squad. And I'd like to welcome Paula Harvey. Paula, welcome to DriveThru. I guess back to DriveThru. How are you today? (laughs) Just great. How are you? I'm good. I, I know. We, I know. You said you, when we talked earlier today. You said you, you you did a show several years ago with Brian Wimpen, and that you uh, you've been friends with Brian for a long time. So I had him on the show on Sunday, and we had some fun. And uh, now today you're our guest. And I, I'd lo- just for listeners, um, please give give us a, a bit about Paul Harvey and what you do, where you live, that kind of stuff. Well, uh, I have been a Shermie, as I call myself. Um, for over 20 years. I just uh, recently paid for that 20-year <laughs> as a SHRM membership. Um, I have been in HR um, for over 30, and I think uh, along with also I've been in safety. I've had uh, safety along with it for probably about 25 years. Um, I started out from uh, University of Texas at Austin where I got my degree in international business and operations management, and immediately uh, the first job I got out of college was uh, in HR as a recruiter. So I started as a recruiter, then I became more of a generalist, and I've really spent most of my time as a journalist. and then in 2004 I decided to branch off and start my own business as a consulting firm, and I had uh, K&P Consulting for about 12 years, and that's what I was with when I talked to Brian last time. And then uh, I got a wild hair in 2014 and said, you know, I want to stop the world, get off, and uh, actually go spend time with my husband's grandchildren. He has eight grandchildren in Houston, Texas. So we left the Carolinas after I'd been there 24 years and moved to Houston, Texas at the end of 2014. Um, I was just rolling off the Membership Advisory Council for SHRM, the MAC, and uh, it was a good time to make some changes in my life. Um, I've been now for the last two and a half years with a company called Schulte Building Systems in Hockley, Texas, and I'm their Vice President of Human Resources and Safety, and uh, love what I'm doing, And uh, except for the 94-degree temperature here in uh, Houston today. Uh, in general, pretty happy in Houston, but I do miss uh, all my friends and family um, in North Carolina. Uh, Carolinas are really nice. I spend more time in South Carolina, and I, I don't spend a lot of time <laughs> either, but I have, I've had a, uh, I have friends in South Carolina that live in, in Green. Greenville and and then Charleston and some others so get right. over there every now and then but it's uh, it quite yeah so it's quite different than Texas however uh, <laughs> so anyway a lot um, more flowers and so, trees <laughs> yeah a lot less brown yeah I mean, Texas yeah. I, I lived in Texas for in, in the Dallas area for a couple of years and I really like Texas so so no no knock on Texas but it's just they're yeah a lot different ter- in terms of day to day environment and I think what's most interesting right yeah the most interesting thing about about Texas is there's such state pride. 
Um, I've never, I've lived in uh, several other states, and then I was in North Carolina a long time, and I felt North Carolina had state pride, but Texas takes state pride to the nth degree. I mean, there's Mm. all sorts of paraphernalia for being a Texan and this and this and that, and people will claim being a Texan probably before they claim being a U.S. citizen. It's kind of funny. (laughs) There was a T-shirt. And I'm sure it's, there's versions of it still around, but it said I wasn't something along the lines of I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as soon as I could. So even right. even people who move, even people who moved, yeah, I stayed about three years and left because my uh, my uh, family just just wasn't very happy there. My wife at the time was not crazy about Texas, so we we pulled out and went back to the Midwest. And anyway, um, so. Looking at your background, you have like more alphabet letters <laughs> at the end of your name. I mean, like you could spell your name like six times with all the. You have so you have an MBA. You have the Shermis CP, the SPHR, the GPHR, the ASC, which I'm guessing is a safety credential. I have to admit, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. Yes. And you okay? So 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 you you're heavily in in into the certification thing. So we'll touch on that in a, in a, in a in just a second. Um, I know you teach and, and do that stuff. I guess the before before we go that route, I, I had a so I have I have this I have an opinion, but I, and obviously <laughs> yours would be probably well maybe not. But when I ask the question, you'll see that maybe my opinion is different than yours. So so it, but one of the first things when we talked earlier when you said you you've been doing safety like for part of, as part of your HR career for, for and it kind of started out there. I've always had this. Uh, professional, strong personal and professional opinion that safety really doesn't belong to HR, that safety is kind of its own discrete specialty area of expertise and that people who try to practice it, and I, and I realize sometimes HR gets the hat, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you become, you know, if you're, especially if you're shop at one. So, so how, how, why is it that you had safety? You know, I guess, why is it that you were so attracted to safety and why has it been such a part of your practice through all these years? Are, are you, is it something that you really enjoy or is it, do you just, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what's your take on my take. I, I think we'll disagree, but I'm just curious. I think it'll be an interesting uh, conversation on this. Um, well, in uh, 1994, I went to work for a company um, that's no longer in business. Um, they are in south, uh, south part of Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Um, they advertised for a human resources uh, manager who spoke Spanish. Uh, and so all they cared about is if you spoke Spanish or not, because they had about 80% Hispanic workers. And so I speak fluent Spanish, which has uh, definitely been helpful in my career. Um, mm-hmm. And so I applied there. And so um, the general manager in hiring me said, you know what, I also need you to take over safety because, you know, we've had, you know, some incidents. And when he met, what he said, he had some incidents. We had 56 accidents for two in 1994 because I, I was hired Holy in December cow. at the end of the year out of 250 employees. So one in five were getting hurt. Um, so um, I said to him pretty quickly, uh, getting into that job, I said, I need some training. I said, you know, I've got some basic stuff from college, but, you know, that's not going to help me. So I went to OSHA training courses. 
Um, I then became an OSHA 501 trainer. I have um, one of mm-hmm. the biggest things I felt because so many people being hurt that I need to I needed to get training in CPR and first aid because I, you know, I had my twins in 1992, and this and you know I took CPR and first aid classes then and knew how helpful that was. So in 1995, I went and became a Red Cross uh, certified trainer, and I've been so since then and have done lots of things with the Red Cross because of that. I found out that, you know, my passion, I always say my passion is human resources, but my extremely cool hobby is safety. And mm. I, I'm, I'm a, my undergraduate degree was a, a, uh, a, a cross degree in operations management and, and, uh, and engineering, industrial engineering. So, Okay. I'm kind of a numbers person. I'm an engineer-ish type person. So um, I, I studied with a, a master's degree in industrial engineering, decided I didn't want to be a full engineer. I just wanted to hire them and work with them, and I eventually married an engineer. <laughs> so I figured that, that you know, I, I really like um, order, and I like things uh, – you know that the thing about safety is a lot of times it's very black and white, and the thing about HR it's not. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is is that I when safety reports to operations, often things get hidden. When safety port reports to HR, it doesn't. And so that's where I've found it's important. But you have to have some. You have you know I have our two safety corporate safety managers here, one in Texas, one in Alabama. They report directly to me. And so that is important so that they can make decisions and do the right thing. Uh, you know, we work hand in glove with the operations folks. Um, mm-hmm. But also as an HR person, I have to work hand in glove. And I've been in manufacturing a good portion of my career and really love manufacturing. And, in fact, that was one of the, the reasons I decided to, you know, uh, sell my consulting firm is I wanted to go back into, you know, in-house HR. I just miss the people. Um, and so I, I just think it's, it, you know, I, I think it, it takes a certain type of HR person who also will have safety. I don't think it's for everybody. A lot of folks are just not wired for that. But those who do like, you know, the operation-ish type stuff, those who are safety people, uh, I mean, HR people who do like, you know, order and want things correct, but also it can see shades of gray, but also on the safety side can see that, no, this black and white, this is either safe or it's not safe. So uh, I think right. I think it can be a good thing to have both both uh, uh, things in, in your um, background and you know it's been very helpful for me in my career and I've met other there are other oddities like me out there that uh, have got both so uh, we're, we're not uh, we're not a lonely breed but there's not a lot of us <laughs> my uh, I guess my and I don't I, I really don't disagree with any of that and especially like if you have the resource you know if you have expert resources in the house that that you know kind of that you don't have to like know every regulation, regulation right. and law and up, update and you know. State My staff and knows those regulations better than I do, probably, and lots of things because I'll make them do the research. But I know enough to know to tell them they need to do the research. You help with the you help with the strategy and you you kind of right. it. So yeah, I wrote and I wrote the safety manuals and I wrote the you know a lot of the safety information things that need to be done. So yes. Yeah. I just always felt it was kind of like, you know, we already had, I mean, with all the other, all the other compliance stuff that HR people have to be, you know, aware of and knowledgeable that it was almost like one more, one more really big basket to carry that I, you know, you just couldn't do justice. And especially if you're, you're, you're a one person show. 
You know, I agree. But I, if it, I, and I have been that one person show doing both, and it is tough. But you know, um, being at a wonderful company where I'm at right now, we have a staff of both the HR and the safety, and they value all of us. So. Yeah, and, and, and for HR staff and, 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 and as an executive of the company, you know, we have our voice, we have a seat at the table, and that's important. Sure, sure. Yeah, when you're an HR staff, shop of one, sometimes you have no choice either. So you do, right, you that's know, true, too. So, so the other thing you mentioned that, I, that is totally unrelated to Sherm 18 or really anything HR is <laughs> um, you, you mentioned, so you speak Spanish, but you also are fluent in Dutch? I was an exchange student in the Netherlands and speak fluent Dutch. I get along okay in French and, and Italian and German. I know a smattering of Greek, some Japanese, wow. some Korean. <laughs> I, I love language. I, as a small child, my, my father was a language officer in the Army, um, so he mm-hmm. did special ops. And so he, um, you know, I, he, I picked up his little primers when I was about four or five years old when learning to read, and he was amazed that I was picking up the language so quickly. So I just have a gift from God when it comes to language. It, it gets harder when you yeah, get older, you start forgetting things, but uh, I, I do, I, I find it pretty easy, especially if I'm immersed in that culture to speak the language. And I, and I also believe whenever in Rome do as the Romans. So essentially if I go down to a Spanish speaking country, I speak Spanish with them and they'll try to speak English. And then, you know, and, and then they usually realize my Spanish is better. So let's just, let's just talk to her in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I, I, I barely get by in English, so my wife speaks German, and my daughter, or stepdaughter, speaks uh, pretty good Spanish and a pretty decent Portuguese. So they're both they both That's have you know, the, the 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 multilingual brain. I, mine doesn't work that way i've tried and just can't <laughs> seem to anyway so i'm, I'm envious of uh, that's a that's a that's an that's an amazing uh, amount of languages to kind of be able to even if you just dabble that's yeah incredible. they're dabble so, all over that but spanish uh, and english spanish dutch and english are are the fluent ones so <laughs> yeah yeah living there so so you you're a former member of the mac uh, um i know and st- of course, on the board now is Steve Brown. He's a long, he's a longtime friend of mine, and right. imagine you've known Steve. We we probably have connections. So talked he, about he, Brian he, earlier. My first year, my first year, um, it was a bunch of us gals who were on the Mac, and then the second year, Steve got to add in. So we said it was Steve and his girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> our second year, so I've known Steve Brown a very long time, and uh, and adore him. And so, yeah, and I'm very proud of him that he's on the uh, uh, Sherm board. And and now I and he's been so he's been one of my biggest supporters to, now that I'm on the Sherm Foundation board this year. So, right. So so just briefly explain what the MAC is, and then let's talk about the Sherm Foundation board, and then we'll talk about Chicago. <laughs> so, okay. Well, so the MAC is. You hear it all the time. I'm on the MAC, and there's only a few people, but I think a lot of people in yeah. Sherm don't know what that is. So I was the state director uh, or president of North Carolina Sherm for three and a half years. That's a long story and for another uh, phone call. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, then when you're uh, towards your last year of serving on uh, as a state director, they allow you to run for the membership advisory council. And so that is um, broken up by regions. And so for the southeast, all the um, – d- um, the directors they voted me to be 
the representative for the Southeast. And so I was voted for, for it for two years straight. So I was 2013 and 2014. I was on the MAC, so I was there when all the HRCI fund happened. And, and mm-hmm. so I've been, I've been uh, uh, I was on the MAC those two years, and that's all you can serve. And uh, th- and so then I, I moved to, at the end of my MAC time, I moved to uh, Houston and uh, took a few years off. I, I wanted to go back and do things with college relations, and I got very involved with the different universities here and trying to help young folks get, you know, get careers in HR and get excited in HR because that's just that's my way of giving back. That's my way of serving the, the profession is helping young folks. And uh, then we, we put together the Paula Harvey Scholarship. My family helped me support me to do that. So there's, there's a Paula Harvey uh, Scholarship for undergrads with the Sherm Foundation. And I guess the foundation liked that I was doing all these things, and so they asked me to uh, become a board member. And I was elected to the board at the end of last year, start, starting to serve this year for three years. Nice. I uh, Yeah, I was on an expertise panel, and – for several years, and it was it was a great uh, great opportunity yeah. to interface with people at Sh- at Sherm Nash, you know, at Sherm headquarters. They uh, they they it, it was and that that you've done ten times as much as I have, but it it was it was <laughs> oh, no. very fulfilling. Um, the 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 membership advisory committee basically you you give you you give advice and guidance to the board of directors and other and, and Sherm staff on on issues that you meet develop, with both boards. Like you, you, I mean, you have a formal big meeting with the Sherm. Um, uh, board, and then you have a less formal meeting with the Sherm Foundation Board. But yeah, they um, they're supposed to be the voice of the membership. I mean, because they are representing mm-hmm. all the professionals of whatever region they're coming from. And there's five members, so the five different regions of the world. So I ha- I was fortunate. I had like Puerto Rico and a lot of the little small islands. So that was cool. I visited some of those too. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, so the HRCI thing, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go down that path because we don't have enough time. Oh, That's another no. long story, and it's old, old news <laughs> anyway. Uh, but that, yeah, there, there was, there were some bumps. The, the Sherm transparency thing, and then you know, oh but yeah, I, I was think there that for that Hank, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Hank, uh, you know, took over and kind of brought Sherm, you know, a, a level of stability. Um, I know there, mm-hmm. I know there's change going on with Johnny. You know, I, I don't know him, and, I've and met he, him, but I don't really know him. I know him Johnny very, Taylor. very well because he's he's from Charlotte, and so am I. So Char- uh, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny's been a mentor to me over the years. I t- totally adore him. He's wonderful. I think he's the best thing for Sherm right now. I think he's exactly what we need. He is a dynamic person. He is a change agent. I think he will bring our profession even further into the future and i'm i'm really excited to see you know what's going to happen and what the future will bring now with him at the helm so i i think it's good for everyone um yeah and there's always going to be changes so some people won't like them but that's how it goes but uh, i think yeah. uh, john johnny's really going to be good and definitely he's been out there he's in the news and he he likes all that stuff so that's good we need someone who is going to be a great voice for our profession he did. Uh, he uh, Andrew Morton and he did a Facebook Live show. It wasn't yep. like you can't. It's not. It's not a chat, you know, because you can't talk back and forth. But um, yeah, that was not. Uh, I, it, that, that's. It's, I don't know. I don't know what the ultimate value of that. I don't. I'm not knocking it. I don't know what the long term value mm-hmm. of that turns out to be. But I, I to, to see it, you know, to see that to see the Sherm person, the, the head of Sherm doing that kind of stuff is so different than where they were ten years ago. That it, I, I find it, you know, I think. Well, it's, and, it's really and luckily terrific. for but, us is that. Um, 
Johnny loves social media. He loves all that. He loves you know, mm-hmm. being online and doing things. He's been my LinkedIn friend forever, and he's been uh, – uh, and I've, I've liked his stuff over the years a lot. And then, of course, he, he, he likes using Twitter, too. So I think that's that's a helpful thing that someone who is, uh, you know, understands the electronics and embraces it. Yeah, agreed. Um, so actually, so that that's 20 minutes of our 30-minute show. And we've, <laughs> we've talked about Sherm. So we've been on point for Sherm, but we haven't really talked about Chicago. So you're – you're going to go up and be part of the of the blogging team, and I, right. I know there's a big step step uh, step competition, challenge. and I think at least one of those teams is step challenge. Yep, not a competition, but a challenge. I think at least, and a lot of that is is aimed at raising funds for the Sherm Foundation, right? People Absolutely. participating, or, or so. How, can, you want to? Do you know? Can you contribute a, a, a comment on that and where people might go? Oh, I, I didn't. <laughs> okay, feel free then. I'm going to go give it to you. So um, I was on the original, one of the original teams. I was on the team that won the first year, the biking team, um, and uh, was one of the leaders in, with that group. And so last year they asked me to uh, have my uh, a team. So I had a team last year. We didn't win, but we were did very well. So we were very close. And so this year I am, te- I am the team captain of HR Awesomeness because that is absolutely what I want to be is <laughs> HR Awesomeness. And I, I think last look I had close to 75 people already signed up for my team, so I'm excited about that piece. And so we have a lot of um, – uh, it's, it's just a great way to bring camaraderie. What's neat this year is that the team captains, we are all kidding each other and having a good time. We actually are going to have a – Whoever wins, um, all of us are buying Sherm socks at the Sherm uh, store, and then we have to (laughs) send out a congratulatory uh, tweet on the 25th to that winning team uh, captain and their members. So, of course, everyone will be sending the tweet to my HR awesomeness group, but, you know, hey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, But it's been really fun because there's a lot of ribbing and having a good time. Steve Brown's got his own team. Uh, My dear, my mentee, uh, CeCe Clark, has got the veterans group. Uh, Meredith Nethercutt, my uh, um, – for the HR voice and all the um, governmental affairs uh, folks and every, the A team, they've got a team. So I would, I would love to join all of their team, but I have to run my own. So it's, uh, it's, right. it's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so Sometimes I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be messing with time. each other, <laughs> and, and, which makes great well, because a lot of us are bloggers too. So some of us captains are bloggers, and we're going to be just having a, a good time. My goal is um, what you might not know about me is my – I told you I had twins in 1992, and one of them is in HR. So she is a staffing okay. analyst w- with um, Wells Fargo, and she is uh, going to be – this will be her eighth um, uh, annual conference. This is my 18th wow. annual conference, hmm. and so I haven't missed a year since I started going, and her too. And so she calls it our mother-daughter outing. And uh, so she is going to be my uh, assistant blogger. She will be helping me do this. And we plan to go around and talk to a lot of the vendors. That's really the exhibitors. We want to interview them because we feel sometimes they don't get to, to do some of those things. So uh, we, we, we know a lot of the speakers and things, and I know that the bloggers have done a great job with speakers. But I want to you know, talk to some of the cool exhibitors who are putting their time and money there 
to uh, you know help promote our our um, profession and of course sell their stuff. But but we also want to you know get the word out about what's going on in the exhibit hall. So that's our plan is to be uh, kind of sending live information out from the exhibit halls. Nice. Um, the the exhibit hall, like I've done I've done the firm block thing. Probably this is my seventh six or seventh or eighth. I, I, I lost count. I missed a year. Yeah, I've been jealous. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, it's really a terrific opportunity to do, to do stuff and meet people and have fun. But um, the, the, the exhibit hall, like one year I really tried to focus on that and I found it, I, I, I think I didn't go into it with the right, because I the right men, mental outlook myself, because I felt like everybody was just trying to use me to, you know, they wanted me to basically talk about their product. And it was kind of like, yeah. that's not what I, you know, that's not what I'm here for. And I don't, I'm not trying to knock, but I, 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 I think that the vendors, um, I think going to the vendors is cool. The vendors need to be able to kind of talk beyond what they're trying to sell and sort of put a face and yeah, a person that, behind that'll, it. That'll I think, probably and I, turn I think me that's in. the part I blew. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that'll ahead. turn me and Alex off, and we'll just um, knowing my daughter, she'll say, "Mom, come on, we'll go to the next one." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, and and I think I think a lot of them that have been there a few times have gotten much better at it. And um, but it yeah, it was it was it was kind of, for me it was kind of a, an experiment that I was at the end of it I I wasn't happy with the way I handled it. I wasn't really yeah. happy with the way it turned out. So um, I think yeah, I think I think it's a worthy a, a worthy try. Um, so as far as so you said basically you're not you're, you didn't focus you're not going to focus on any speakers or anything like that no. um, that you you've got and it, the, the mom and daughter twist is interesting that you're the first uh, you're the first mom and daughter you're not your team isn't here but that's yeah. the first mom and daughter team I've heard of in my um, the, we have about we have about five minutes just under five minutes left um, what else uh, what else I mean so, so I, this, I would tell you I'm so excited in Chicago. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm excited about is that, you know, we have really over this last year built up the hashtag next chat. And every Mm -hmm. Wednesday, those of us who get on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Central Time, 3 o'clock Eastern, uh, or whatever, and uh, and then the folks who are getting from all all over the world, I'm just amazed at the ones who must be up in the middle of the night from India, and the... Mm -hmm that we get together and, you know, we talk. And then we've also started um, this HR Tribe thing started, uh, gosh, it was 2004 when a guy named at, at CLOS, his name is Carlos something, he started talking about the HR Tribe. And then I looked into it some more, and Megan Lee then started using it. And she's been a very uh, popular person and is also a blogger. Mm-hmm. And so now – and then Steve – Steve started using it. I started using it. A lot of us started using this hashtag HR tribe, and we've now built up this tribe. And so it's going to be really interesting just to meet members of the tribe. And, and, and of course, you can always join the tribe if you want to join the tribe, but you've got to get on Twitter and, and use the hashtag HR tribe. So I think that's, that's the really, really neat thing is that we're going to meet people that we've been talking to all year long, and it's just exciting. And I, there's so many folks that way I'm excited to meet, which a lot of them are fellow bloggers, but then there's just other people that have sent me messages on the side or asked me these questions. And it's really neat because I, I love mentoring, and I feel like I'm doing a lot of really fun uh, mentoring these days, and I've had people call me or send me a side message or get with me on LinkedIn, and we have long conversations, and it's just been so meaningful. 
I, I think that one of the things, and I've mentioned this several times on these episodes that we've been doing with Sherman Eighteen, because I've, I've renewed some, you know, I, I've talked to people that I've known for ten years, and I've met, some, like you mentioned, doing John and Wendy's show the other night. I haven't right. met them in person yet, but you know, I, and I've really, and they're really <laughs> doing, they're really doing almost like the next generation of social media of what right. some people like Brian Wempen and others, you know, started doing 10 years ago. And, you know, that I was reminiscing with Brian. I can't believe it's been 10 years. I've known it. You know, it, it right. It, so it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's more in some ways it's more of the same, but it, it, in a lot of ways it's different. And I think that's one of the things Sherm has done is they're the voices they're bringing in are, they're not just bloggers or they don't, you don't have to be a writer. You can be a podcaster. You can write on the Sherm right. blog. You can write articles on LinkedIn. And I think that's all really, you know, so th- uh, they've done a nice yeah, job. Yeah, because I, I, I don't have a, I don't have a blog page. I don't really plan to. I don't have enough time to be honest. So I enjoy mm-hmm. the fact that Sherm allows me to send an article to them. They make it into their blog post, or I put, I also write blog posts on, um, on LinkedIn, and that is sufficient for right. me just because, I, as you can hear from me, I do a lot of stuff, and so it's, <laughs> I'm pretty busy. And you know, but I find being organized and doing things it's really important. Um, uh, that you know, you just get out there and show you know, your knowledge, and and I find that by sharing my knowledge, I also learn. And I get other knowledge mm-hmm. from others, and people will share with from me, with me. And I think that's just too important to be open to that. And I think, you know, I mean, I've been in HR 30 years, but that doesn't mean I know everything. That means that I've become a fairly good expert in a lot of HR, but I'm still wanting to learn something more. Yeah. We're down into just like a minute. Um, I was going to mm-hmm. ask you real quick, like you've been to Chicago before. Is there any one thing that you're planning on doing outside the Sherm world in Chicago? that you're looking forward to, or is it all Sherm all I think, the time I while think, you're there? Yeah, I'm really excited about Pentatonix. So I love Pentatonix. So does my daughter. We're okay. really into music. We're, so we're going to see that. But um, we think we're going to take that um, river boat cruise because some of the HR folks are going to take it the same day as Pentatonix. We're going to take it another night. Yep. We haven't figured out when. And uh, we always have to have our pizza, our hot dog. Uh, my daughter is a Chicago nut, so she that's her, one of her favorite towns and uh, cities, sorry, in the, in the United States. So she probably has it all planned for me. we definitely going to be at the Navy Pier. She loves walking around that. So I will be getting my steps in easily with my daughter, who's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Paul Bunyan's uh, girlfriend. <laughs> so. between, uh, between O'Hare and Midway and McCormick Place and walking around the city, yeah, the step challenge should be no problem for anybody to get 10,000 steps, that's for sure. Well, listen, I we have agree. like 20 seconds left, so. Paula, thanks so much for being on Drive Through today. I'll look forward to seeing you in Chicago at McCormick Place or McCormick Center or whatever they call it these days. And, <laughs> until, and until then, uh, have a great afternoon, okay? All right. Take care. Take care. Bye.